0: No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Matthew six twenty four New Living Translation. Strikers, how do we get our finances in good health? Let's find out next on the Mighty Anvil.
1: you are my smith. Forge me into the servant that you would have me be. Hit me hard enough to brush the scale and impurities from my life. Dry out my life to the length that you would have it. Make me tough enough to resist persecution, and temper me so that I am hard enough to withstand my temptations. Lord, as I go through life, put me back in the fire from time to time, to repair me as I get blemished with sin. And when my life is over, and the fires of life are all quenched, grant me a home with you in heaven. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Alan, good to see you another week. How you yeah, doing?
1: I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I heard you got a birthday party this. Oh, no, not a birthday party. Uh, Shannon has a baby shower to go to today. Oh. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, funny story that I heard this week. I have a friend, and well, and she's got a friend, and neither one of them are fans of kids. They don't have any kids. They don't want any kids. They don't like kids. But they got invited to a baby shower, and when they went, all they could do was try to figure out who the heck brings kids to their baby shower, and I'm like, it's a baby shower. Anyway, I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, you're not going to the baby shower?
1: No, I am not. I'm staying home with the boy.
0: Nice. Yeah. Nice. Where's the daughter going?
1: Uh, with mom to the baby shower. Uh, lucky you. Lucky you. Any, you going to put a, a wrench in his hand this week? Um, no, it's too hot in the garage, man. It's like way too hot. I hear you. 100 you guys want to joke. Okay. What's the most crunk place to go to the bathroom? Oh gosh. Uh, where? <laughs> the Little John.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Uh, so, what do we got going at Grace Point this week? Uh, at Grace Point Family Church. Let's. Let me go back to my notes here. Uh, On the 21st of July, we have, it's coming up really, really soon after the podcast comes out, uh, but we have our community garden class, Gardening 101 at 6.30 p.m. at uh, Grace Place, which is located on 505 North Powell Parkway. Uh, Also coming up in August, on Thursday the 11th at 6.30 p.m., we have our women's summer nights um, where they do, it's a couple hours of impartation, they feed you guys dinner, they feed the ladies dinner, excuse me feed the ladies dinner, and then, um, you know, they'll have some guest speakers uh, talk about how God's moving in their lives. And then, other than that, we have marriage night on the second Saturday of every month. So you can find out more details at gracepointfamilychurch.com. You said gardening class? Yes. That's Yeah, cool. we, so we have a community garden out in Anna, and um, it's actually, it looks really good. It looks really good. We've had uh, a lot of help from the community, the people driving by, you know, kind of asking questions, what's going on, and then... You know, the next thing you know, they're like showing up to help out. And so it's, it's not only like it's so it's part of it is for the um, food pantry that we have it's like fresh fruits and vegetables um, that we're growing for the food pantry. So that, you know, everybody I think nowadays, a lot of people are concerned with where their food's coming from. Is it got pesticides in it and blah, blah, blah. So it's like these are fresh, like you're, you're seeing them grow like right here. So, you know, where they're coming from. And then on top of that, it's also getting the community involved. Kids can help out. I mean, whoever you want that is interested, come help out. Learn how to garden. Learn how to grow your own fruits and vegetables. Um, you know, you're, you're talking about preparing the soil and when to water and fertilizer to use. I got some Carolina yeah. Reaper seeds. Could I pass oh. them on to you? <laughs> you probably could. We could. Yeah, you know I've tried you to grow can. those
0: things four different times, uh-huh. and I, well, I'm trying to grow them in the house because one. It is just way too hot yeah. outside. So well, they're reaper suits. Yeah. <laughs> Get a little heat for the heat. Yeah. All right. And then, uh, what was the other one that you were mentioning? The summer nights. Yeah, summer nights is. So great. when when you when you say summer nights, do you hear the Grease song?
1: Those. Uh, I know. That's what I thought, I thought of too. Yes. Yeah. No. No. It's, it's, not, the... that, it's, not, it's not that. not. kind of summer nights. All right. No, not those kind it's of. Not nights, those. Right.
0: Hey, so at ELC, we have uh, package, packing summer lunches July 22nd from 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Homeless outreach is uh, July 23rd from 12.30 to 4.30. And Sunday, August 7th, is back-to-school supplies following the second service. So if you're in need for school supplies or your kids in need for school supplies after the second service, uh, there will be an opportunity to get some, uh, some of those supplies. Uh, upcoming Embrace events, uh, First Steps on Tuesday, August 30th from 10 to 1130, Uh small group information meeting for people who want to learn about different ways to adopt or foster. Uh, get answers to all your questions and know what the next step in the family process is. Register on uh, the website at www.embracetexas.org and that link will
1: be in the show notes. Right on. So, if uh, people want to get a hold of us, Alan. If people want to get a hold of us, they can email us at MightyAnvilPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram at MightyAnvilPodcast, and our Facebook group is called The Mighty Anvil. Uh, Alan, okay. who do we got? So, uh, today we have our guest. Um uh, has gone to Grace Point Family Church for a little over a year. Uh, he has a beautiful family, wife, two sons, and uh, his sons are reading mail and kicking tail. They're both like in <laughs> MMA, and they're... Really, really good. <laughs> really? So, <laughs> nice. yeah, yeah, no, I'll, I'll let you, t- I'll let our guest tell us about them. But uh, welcome to the podcast, Jose. Maestas. Thank you. Maestas? Maestas? Maestas.
0: Maestas. Yes.
1: Yeah, we were talking earlier before you got here, and
0: uh, his son, who is how old? He's going to be 14 this so year. So, when he was 12, he went through financial peace with me, okay. a, 50, wow. a 50 year old. <laughs> I don't know, something's wrong with this picture. <laughs> Maybe you should have started when I was twelve. Never too old. (laughs) But yeah, um, so today we're
1: really smart. You get them into it now, so they understand it now. And then, oh yeah, I wish I wish I I had this information when I was telling you.
0: Like I said, fifty years old, and I'm just now going through the class. Uh, Yeah, I feel like I'm a little behind. Yeah, from new, you're like, oh, Oh, (laughs) what? I don't go. I just don't go buy and spend everything I want when I want
1: it. The coupons don't really help.
2: Jose, how are you doing today? I'm excellent. I'm, I'm very excited to be here. Right on, right on. Uh, core value-led podcast, so top three mm-hmm. core values. Um, may, may sound familiar, but uh, the, the core values that I, I live by and that I try and instill in, into our home, you know, um, honor, respect, and excellence, um, those are the three that we kind of make all of our decisions and, and live our, our household, run our household by. Um, you know those Question. three
1: things so with teenagers mm-hmm. how does respect work out
2: um <laughs> <laughs> sorry I don't it's a work it's a it's it's a daily work okay. um yeah so roman is 13 so he's he's barely starting his his teenage phase but it's you know it's running at 100 miles an hour <laughs> yeah um but we are very very fortunate and we you know we butt heads all the time and there's there's constant like not discipline but correction and there's constant coaching but we're very fortunate that he's very rooted in faith and he's he understands what's right and wrong and you know he he, he's very aware he's got he's got really good emotional intelligence so he's very aware of the things that are going on and is like nah i need to separate myself from this situation quickly but there's still he's going through the phase of (laughs) like i swear he should be a lawyer because he argues so much oh boy and but i was the same way so i really can't say anything
0: yeah, I think it is. Uh, I don't think you can ever get around that. I think you have some kids that are or some parents that are fortunate that have kids that that have a pretty good head on their shoulders. And, you know, but I think that's kind of like not the norm. Right. No. And I think w- the one thing you have to do is just coach them through it. Uh, the lessons that I've learned is, you know, I can't beat it into my kids. And you talk about being a lawyer. I tell you what, my son knows Every loophole of, I'm like, why? Do, why are we? Why are we catering to these Listen, loopholes? We're talking about financial health. Listen. Yes. Tell, tell, tell me about these taxes. Yeah. <laughs> about these taxes.
1: Let's, let's get around
0: this. Yes, I forgot. Uh, yeah, that was Father Knows Best a couple of seasons ago. So. Uh, no, well, I was, was oh. going
1: to say real quick. I mean, you're talking about like arguing. We, ours is three. I mean, he didn't argue, but it's more like. You know, we'll reward him with stuff, and it'll be like, "You can have this tomorrow." And it'd be like, "Well, can I have a little bit now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like just a little bit, and then I'll save the rest for it tomorrow." It's like, "No, dude, we're not doing that." And then it'll go to mom and do the same thing. Like, "Oh yeah,", yeah and I, I think, no.
0: I think, I think one of the things is if you allow that little bit, mm-hmm. then it starts, It's start, yep. they, dude. I will tell you, kids will take a mile if you give them an inch. Mm-hmm. I always like that story about... It's uh,
1: negotiation you have to do. Yeah. Why are we negotiating? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why? No. I'm the parent. You do...
0: My favorite my favorite analogy to that is when a family gets a dog, and they're like, okay, we got a dog, but the dog's staying outside. His dog is animal, stays outside. Can we let the dog in? Okay, we can let the dog in, but the dog can't get on the furniture. It's a dog. It stays on the floor, <laughs> and then the dog gets on the furniture and is like, oh, okay, you're so cute. Sure, you can hang up with here with us. And then, but the dog can't get in the bed. That's where we sleep. No, no. And then a couple of months later, the dog's in the bed sleeping with us. And like, what happened? How did we get here from a mm-hmm. dog that was supposed to be outside? Mm-hmm. Again, once you start letting that little stuff in, man, I've noticed it with both of my kids, 17 and 20 years old. You let that in a little bit, and they try to push it a little bit more. And then, it, oh know, yeah, it's mm-hmm. uh, one of those things. Jose, uh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> we, got, yeah. we got off on a, <laughs> yeah. on a parenting
2: tangent there, but uh, core scripture. Core scripture, so I thought a lot about this, um, and I mean, it's important, right? Core scripture, to me, is something that not really explains or or, or or aligns with who you are, but I feel a core scripture should be something that you can always anchor back to. Something that when, when life gets difficult, when things that you can't handle, you need to tap into that that moment of that that anchor mm-hmm, basically mm-hmm. like that's where your core scripture that's where you should really kind of pull from yeah day-to-day stuff you know we can handle that on the on the surface um so i think my core scripture i i i kind of went went back and rethought about this um and i think it isaiah forty thirty one 31 i think is is where i want to Anchor to, and it's really it talks about trusting in God, and so it goes. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And I think, especially, just given our journey as as a family through this financial journey that we've been on in the past five years, this was the center of everything like it wasn't easy it's still not easy but if we put our trust in the Lord and remember that if we give him these things and we just submit and say you know what the Lord is my God he has he has me I'm gonna soar I'm gonna fly I'm not gonna get tired I, I can make it through this and just kind of remembering that, Every time something comes up, because something does, you know, (laughs) financial peace, financial peace doesn't mean everything's going to be great and everything's always going to be fine and you're never going to have struggles. Financial peace means when something happens, you can handle it, that you've set yourself up in a position because you are doing things the right way, because you were being responsible, because you've set yourself up for these to handle these emergencies that you have the ability and the skills to get through it. And, um, you know, with God as your rock, you can you can make it through anything. Amen That's- to that. On a side note that I'll cut this out. So you've
0: drank these C4s before, mm-hmm. and I told you that they got that beta-alginine in it. Oh, yeah, the one that makes your
1: face tingle. And I'm It makes my forehead. So it really <laughs>
0: is to go work out. You know, you you drink one of these and then go work out. The, it, it opens up the the cells to let blood flow a little bit more, and uh-huh. I'm sitting here, my ears and my head is like <laughs> burning. Yeah, because I was talking to Brian this week, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to get me a C4. And I'm like, you're not even going to go work out yet? He goes, no, I just like him. I go, but oh, that gosh. has that bad alginine in it. And it makes you, he goes, that's why I get him. I'm like, dude. <laughs> oh, no. And so him drinking it and you drinking one last week. I'm like, I've had this one in the, in the refrigerator for mm-hmm. a couple weeks. Cause I know what it does to me yeah. and I can't work out. But I'm, you know, I'm like, ah, you know, Brian was doing it. I'm like, now I'm like, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. 7-Eleven used to have a drink. This is a way off topic. 7-Eleven used to have a drink that had, I don't remember the dosage of niacin in it. And niacin does oh the my same goodness. thing as beta-alanine. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it was one of those, like, it wasn't five-hour energy, but it was, like, in that little section yeah. or whatever. And that's basically what it's supposed to do, is keep you up, because it just makes your body, like, it makes, like, almost like the hairs on your arm, like, tingle.
0: I, my doctor prescribed that niacin, mm-hmm. and the the dose he gave me, I took one one night, I will never take it again, because <laughs> oh, no. I was on fire. <laughs> oh, it was God. so hot.
1: I mean, your I literally felt red. like I was burning. It's weird. Oh, anyway, gosh.
0: Oh, back on topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, Jose, when, uh, when Wait, we have one last question. Oh, do we?
2: Oh, your favorite toy growing Oh, up. yes. Oh, oh my gosh. So I think that really, the different phases yeah. of growing up, right? So yep. when I was little, it was all about like Voltron, like the real like metal ones that were, yeah. like those were awesome. Um, but then I used to always out, go outside and play with my friends. It was all about football and basketball. But then when I got rollerblades, I can't remember how old I was. I was probably nine or ten. Um, I got my first pair of rollerblades and then I was just hooked on those for I don't know how long. We built a half pipe in my back in my neighbor's backyard. What? So nice. yeah, it was it was hilarious. So, we so your a, neighbor's
1: house was the one to go to. Yeah, he was out. Well, yeah.
2: yeah. We so we built a half pipe <laughs> and then uh, we had these these little handwritten um, waivers that we would have our friends <laughs> sign because we didn't want to get in trouble if they got hurt. On yeah, the, that'll hold up in court. Yeah, exactly. Wait, yeah, yeah, the lawyer.
1: Who was that that decided the handwritten waivers? That's awesome.
0: That's funny. Yeah, I remember uh, Rollerblades. I love... How much, How old are you? Uh, 42. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so you're 10 years younger. Yeah, I... Um, w- me and my cousins would get roller, our rollerblades and go to parking garages and see oh, how yeah. fast we could go oh, down yeah. the, the ramps. park. Yeah. yeah. It was so much fun. Uh, some interesting stories back in those
1: days. But and then you chew through oh, that yeah. little bitty stop at the end. Oh, I know. Oh, th- we took <laughs> no, ours no, off, I, man. I took mine
0: oh, off, too. I never what? used them. Yeah. No, no there was... and I don't know how we stopped now. Probably a
2: lot of falling. Yeah. A lot of falling. A lot of scraping the back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the wheels... The wheels having that flat spot really, really yeah. made it difficult to skate. Yeah, I love me some rollerblades. Well, we didn't mention,
1: I think I, I was a Lego guy last weekend. Mm-hmm.
0: Did you mention this toy for you?
1: Um, it, Yeah, I was, I was Legos too. But I mean, we never got like to, I didn't get to the point where we had like the, the giant sets or anything like that. Like I, you know, the Millennium Falcon one is like awesome, but it's also like a thousand bucks. Yeah. It's just going to sit there and collect dust. I mean, it's cool. I'd love to have it, but it's going to sit and collect dust. So no I
0: think we might have mentioned this on the weekend from A to Z once, mm-hmm. but I went back because I'm, I'm really nostalgic. I love have. I'm looking for the old toys, mm-hmm. and I had... My Lego set was all, this all space Legos, and yeah. it would literally take up this room. I, I laid it out, and uh, but I, so I was looking back and going to see, hey... You know, I wonder how much these sets would be today. Like you can find somewhere. them on eBay. Oh yeah. But the set that cost me thirty-five bucks back in the day is over two to three hundred dollars now. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, oh and I try to get my son to to save all his Lego sets, but he, you know, being a kid, he didn't care. Mm-hmm. His cousin, on the other hand, has Lego sets and put together all the boxes, nothing's missing. All them so they're sitting on the shelf, like you said, collecting dust. Mm-hmm. But God, when he's 40, 50 years old, man. That's going to be a little. Oh gold yeah, line. and financial planning right there. Yeah, <laughs> I actually.
1: So I have a um, a PlayStation Two game that's worth two hundred dollars, and it's in the disc case and everything. Still works. So um, it, on eBay, I looked at it and it was like two hundred bucks. I was like, oh, I got this game. I loved it. It was a great game. Though. And you haven't sent you haven't sold it yet. No.
0: car parts yet? I mean, I would no. You think that buy you a nice little? I've got, I've got money for car parts. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs>
1: I, now it's now it's just trying to like find time to, to actually put them on the car so I can get rid of the boxes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Make the uh, wife happy, huh? Yes.
2: Um, so I was like, why is financial health important? Well, I think there's, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why financial health is important. When it comes to our faith, I mean, we're taught in the Bible to manage our finances, right? We're just stewards of these finances. God blesses us with everything we have in our life. He blesses us with Our finances and it's it's our duty as children of Christ to manage those in a way to where we can help build up the kingdom and not only that but the whole purpose of of us building wealth and 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 having um, having financial blessings is so that way we can then pour out into other people and we can be generous and be over-the-top generous to change and affect and impact other people's lives. So from a spiritual perspective, that's one of the main reasons why it's important to have financial health is so that way you can become a blessing onto other people. Financial health, just in general, being important, it affects and it pours into so many other areas of your life. Stressors, like you know, money oh, yeah. stress is huge and that affects your physical body. So your physical health is being affected by your financial health. Same thing with a marriage. You know, marriage uh, money fights, money problems is the number one fight for between marriages, and it's the number two reason for divorce. So it's huge. Having financial health also helps with your relationships, um, and then um, just being. Being financial financially independent and having financial peace, um, especially when it comes to debt and being debt free that opens up options it gives you a choice in life you think differently when you don't have to have a payment when you don't when you don't carry a mortgage you your choices have a different have a different route you know when you you're you're looking at a job you're looking at a job saying, okay well, I need this. This job will be so great because we have this huge mortgage and I need to pay this. I don't really like it that much, but it's going to help really. Oh, you know, yeah. It's going to help a lot. When you don't have that mortgage, you're like, you know, I don't really like this. Find something else I'm going to find something yeah. I, I really love to do. You know, it, it puts things in a different perspective. So that's where I want to be. You know, yeah. we, still, we still have a mortgage and um, I want to be at that that place where we we have we're completely one hundred percent debt free, no mortgage, no payments, and you know the grass feels greener under our feet. Like it just feels different. You mentioned no, having no payments. I have to say that this week,
0: funny how it worked out. But uh, I no longer have a car payment.
1: Oh no, nice. that's awesome! Fantastic. Just uh, yeah, they called. Said,
0: the, the it was funny how the uh, the loan had. Ended before the last hundred and twenty five dollars, and they they said, "Hey, the loan's up, and you're not you're not done." And there was a little bit of thing, a little bit of uh, issue there. Well, we got it straightened <laughs> out, but yeah, we yeah. just paid the hundred and twenty five bucks, and yeah, the car Jessica is paid off now. That's How's awesome. it feel? Uh Feels good, uh, although the money's been going to all the surgeries this week with yeah. the, this 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 year with the family. But and I mean, stuff. But, 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 but again, yeah.
1: to Jose's point, like, can you imagine ha- <clears throat> having? A car payment, and then having to pay for oh yeah yeah yeah
0: this is actually you know it kind of helps a little bit knowing that okay cool we can make this this doctor's bill we can pay it because we you know that five hundred dollars that was on the car which yeah. was another thing five hundred dollars I don't know how we ended up with a five hundred dollar car well, payment you um, know that's average yeah. is it that's mm-hmm. the average
2: car payment that's five hundred dollars mm-hmm.
0: you know one of my dreams uh, going back in time getting a car like a Corvette for like $3,000 put you know draining the oil <laughs> yeah. you know and then putting it in somewhere giving it to my grandfather's like hey just hold on to this for me until you know I come back <laughs> and then and then go back back in the time
1: and then go get the car I've I don't know why I mean, I think the I don't know that's a, that's a topic for another time this whole people buying cars and, as as investments which that's I don't know, the, I, the, I think that, I think that that, that I don't want to I don't, don't want to say that boat's passed But I just think that it's it's cars are not investments, guys. They're not. I mean, the only way it's an investment is like if you buy it and you like put it in one of those weird bubble things and you leave it in the garage and you never drive it, or it's got like you know twenty original miles. That's because you drove it home from the dealership and then it sits there. That's the only way it's an investment. And then even then, it depends on the type of car. You're not going to do it with like a. You know, the Camry a, a, you know, No, you're yeah. not going to do it with a Camry. <laughs> no. you're I know what are talking with, about? Like a 75 Camry? <laughs> oh, man, are you going to sell this thing? No. 70,
0: but, hey, I wouldn't mind having a 75 Camry. That's yeah. pretty cool back then. No, but, but yeah. I wanted
1: to ask you a question. Um, and this is just like more of a thought question. So a while back, we had uh, Pastor Earl on and we talked about the, the talents uh-huh. and the two talent, the five talent, or one talent, two talent, and five talent. The, and Pastor Earl's, um, he mentioned that everybody wants to be a five talent person, but. Doesn't but maybe that's not your role in what God has for you. Right now, just a thought question: Do you think that if you, if you were say a, a two talent person, do you think you could get to five talent, or is it just two talents is where you're at? It's just a thought question.
2: I don't know. That's a that's a very good question. I think I don't. I think there's no harm in trying. I think we should all strive to be five talent, but um, be content with where we are mm-hmm. and the journey that we're on. I think that's the big that's the biggest piece is being content with your journey and being content with what what you have accomplished and what what your role has been so far. That's kind of the biggest thing and that that you know so many times as a society we're taught to compare ourselves with other people, we're taught to you know <clears throat> so-and-so is you know going to tahiti right we need to go to tahiti too we need to we need to do this or so-and-so has just um gotten this new promotion you know i need to i need to do that as well sometimes it's not it's not our it's not our calling sometimes that's not who we are sometimes that's not where we're meant to be and when we're meant to have impact um I know when I first moved out here uh, to Dallas, um, I took a a job. I was a a director in California and I took like three steps back. I I came in as an individual contributor, as a designer at a software company. Mm -hmm. Um, But I knew that that role parlayed into my next job. I was able to get my next job because of that role. And... In that job, one of the first people I started working with was, um, and I had just kind of, I don't know, I'm taking this in a, weird, in a, in a crazy direction, a weird tangent, but I had just came back to Christ. I just came back to the church and, and was really involved, um, and I had started to influence people at work. And one person in particular was having a, a really hard time with her. Her daughter was sick. Her daughter got her leg amputated. It was really it was a really big struggle. And she had fallen away from the church for so long. Um, and I just started to kind of pour into her and give her some worship music to listen to in the morning on the way to work. And just to kind of change her her mind frame sometimes because mm-hmm. she was going into some dark places. And, um, you know... I felt like I was put there. The path that I, I was brought on, I was put there for a reason, um, and I had to take a step back in order to get there. You know, from my perspective, as a as a person, as a, as a man trying to grow and climb my career, and yeah. and you know, I had to take a step down a few rungs and humble myself and say, okay, I'm gonna I'm I'm not gonna be leading for a while. I'm I'm gonna be. Where where God is taking me, I'm just gonna go, and I had to be content with that.
0: You know, uh, to the answer to the question, I think that uh, the principles of managing the five talents as opposed to the one talent, the principles are the same. I think in that story, I feel like it's who the master trusted with the most of them because mm-hmm. he probably ex- ex- example. Oh, what am I trying to think? He probably exemplified, uh, ex- showed how. He managed other things, and that's why yeah. he gave him more. Okay. With the one, with the one, he's like, You know, I haven't seen that much from you. I'm only going to give you one, but the principles I think on managing all three levels are the same. Yeah. Well, I think that, that principles makes sense. work. Uh, you had mentioned something in there about uh, stepping back and taking a step back, mm-hmm. and then com- kind of combining that with keeping up with the Joneses. How do you think, what kind of advice would you tell someone to say, Hey, you're, you're spending more than what you're making. How do, you, how do you step back? Because for me, stepping back is very difficult because I've gotten used to having all of these things and I don't want to not have these things. So how, what would you tell someone the, the, how important it is and how you would take that step back? And
2: Yeah, I think the, the, whole, the whole principle behind... Like the the whole financial peace journey with financial peace university and um, the whole principle is you you take a step back and you you do what you need to do now so that way in the future you're set up and you can have these things later so it's it's you live like no one else so that later you can live and give like no one else yeah. and that's Much really like that. what you're doing you're you're making adjustments now it, the the answer is. Not no, never. It's just not right now. So you're taking a step back temporarily, so that way in later, when the time is right, you can have these things, you can buy these things and you're you're doing it the right way, and it's not impacting your finances in in a negative way.
1: No, I think that's that's good because I think a lot of what gets us into financial trouble, Is trying to keep up with everybody else. Oh yeah. Um. Any anything on social media, it's always like, look at me, look at all the things I've got, look at how well I'm doing in life. And you don't know that person's struggle. You don't know if that person's in mountains of debt. But yet, obviously, for the generally speaking, everything in social media is like, look at all the great stuff that's Mm -hmm. going on in my life. It's, It's never like, yeah, yeah. It's never. You know, hey, I had to jump through all these hoops to get to here. It's never I'm in so much debt, it's never you know I'm addicted to x y z, but I live this fake lifestyle. It's always so and I know like you know you yeah. can't you can't compare your chapter whatever forty to somebody else's chapter sixty you'll know, like it's right. it's an unfair comparison
2: and even then it's like especially with social media, it paints such a skewed picture. Of, of the Joneses back when social media wasn't here like we could just we saw the Joneses riding in their BMW mm-hmm. and parking three houses down we didn't see all the crazy pictures of their trip to to London Hawaii and, 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 yeah. and all these yeah. things but the Joneses are broke mm-hmm. it's only was a I, I wrote down some metrics here so only um, 36% of Americans is based on an economic study from um, the Department of Oh man, I can't remember exactly who did it, but it was a, it was a federal economic study. Thirty six percent of Americans can cover a forty four hundred dollar emergency. That's thirty six percent. That's two no. out of five. Oh, two out of five can't. I'm sorry. So two out of five people cannot cover a four hundred dollar emergency. Hmm. So that in itself says it's it's not what it seems. You know, like on social media, it, it's it's not a realistic picture. But yet we're caught in this, I gotta, you know, I gotta compete, I gotta, I gotta do the same thing, I gotta keep up with these people who are doing all these amazing things. Why can't I do these amazing things? It all comes down to contentment. You have yeah. to be content with where you are, with where your journey is. You'll get there, you'll be able to do these things if you just do set yourself up and start start on that path right in the in you know, right now. Start down that path, you'll be able to get there. And you won't have to have the stressors behind closed doors that you don't see these other people having. A um, couple of other things. So career career builder did a study, and seventy eight percent of workers live paycheck to paycheck. Seventy eight percent, eight out of ten, live paycheck to paycheck.
0: Yeah, uh, going back to you know stepping back and uh, being able to afford. I think you know Dave Ramsey talks about you know don't buy a new car, uh, you know. Buy a used car, and man, I'm like, I don't. What some of the things make sense on how to step back, but again, like I was saying, I don't know. And and 75 percent living paycheck to paycheck. That I is, believe it. Yeah, I, it makes sense. I'm pretty close to that. I think I say just a little bit. I'm trying to trying to get better on my financial health. And we've actually dug such a hole in the you know first. 10, 15 years of our marriage, now we're, we're getting out of it and we're actually paying off credit cards and we're doing those baby steps, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, when did financial financial freedom or financial health become important
2: to you? So it's a great story. So about five years ago when we first moved out to Dallas, um, you know, me and my wife, we weren't on the same page. I grew up in, in a household where spending was the norm saving wasn't even a a thing Mm -hmm. um learned a lot of bad habits aaron was completely opposite she's a saver i'm the spender and um i got us in a really bad hole um we we were almost a hundred thousand dollars in debt blew through our emergency or our savings i blew through our savings um and pride as a man I wanted to fix it tried to fix it I hit everything and you know everything surfaced and came and it you know it almost wrecked our marriage like we we almost didn't survive luckily we had a foundation of faith and we had good people around us who helped support and helped bring helped us heal through it um And then I I had that moment, we both had that moment where it was like, we've had enough. You know, we've hit that moment of, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Like, something has to change. I've tried to do it so much. And I had to get rid of all the shame and guilt that I was carrying because of this and really submit to a process and submit to another way. Of doing something and that's when a friend of ours uh, introduced us to financial peace and they sat down with us and helped kind of start us out on the journey and help walk us through it and they were uh coordinators of financial peace when we first took the class and um it was it was just life-changing i i read an audio book or listened to an audio book of the total money makeover dave ramsey's book which is like financial peace, it's but a shortened, condensed version. Um, and I was fired up. I was. It was like my life, like a switch had had switched that moment, and I was ready. And I was like, "This is what I needed." And um, so we started down the financial piece, mm-hmm. baby steps. And the first baby step was to get a, a emergency fund, baby, a starter emergency fund of a thousand dollars. You do whatever you need to do to get that. You sell things. You and then you learned a budget. And um, I was like, gung ho. Like, Aaron was having to reach out to our friends, like, somebody needs to talk to this guy <laughs> because we're at the grocery store and he's trying to make me put back some apples because we're five, you know, like $2 over the grocery budget. And she's like, someone needs to. So, yeah, I was a little, a little crazy with it. But um, I just hit that moment and I found that a lot of people get to that place but they don't have hope they don't have they don't think there's a way to get out cause like we were on one income and we were 85,000 in the hole and all of our money was going out none yeah. of our money was coming like we were we are paying out more than we were making than we were making just cause of all these payments and um a lot of people don't realize that there is a way there is a way to get out of debt i've you know through leading financial peace i've helped we've helped single moms get out of debt we've helped single moms get on the right track and they're working one job taking care of the family they can do it It, you know i i had uh, another gentleman who got almost two hundred thousand dollars in debt paid it off in three years um and you know, it's, it's, there is hope. You you can do it. it. Doesn't matter. You don't have to be. You don't have to earn a hundred thousand dollars a year to pay off debt and to save and to become an everyday millionaire. Um, they did a study. Uh, Dave Ramsey did a study that of all the millionaires, not all the millionaires. I can't talk to all the millionaires, yeah. but. Um, they did the biggest millionaire study and they, t- they talked to 10,000 millionaires and they just surveyed them and asked them about how they became millionaires, what they did, who they are. The number one was in IT, right? Like, IT is so, so, so hot. You know, so yes. hot. There's so much I'm in the right IT. <laughs> but the number two um, career that were millionaires were teachers. What? We're teachers.
1: Huh. And already we're already like, like you and I, Scott, are like, that didn't make any sense. It no, doesn't make sense. Make but anything. if you think
2: about it, it does make sense. Because a teacher, they don't make much, right? But they have processes. They they have like responsibilities. They they manage, they're forced to manage their money well because they don't make much. And so just saving over a long period yeah. of time, you become you you can gain that wealth. Makes sense. And and that's that's like that's the real that's the the tried and true way to become a millionaire and to become wealthy and and, you know, build generational wealth is just over time. Like you can't do it quick. This thing doesn't happen overnight. You know, people don't you know how many people don't rarely how many people don't win the lottery. Yeah. You know.
0: So, put the process, get a process, and put the process in place, and work it. Yeah, that's that's the best way to and do stick it. Stick to the process. Yeah. So, strikers, uh, let's go take a break, and then once we get back, we'll uh, we'll put that process in place and kind of identify that. So, we'll be right back. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We use Anchor for this podcast and our other podcasts, The Weekend from A to Z. So if you're about to start a podcast, lift Anchor with Anchor FM and set sail on your new adventures. And we're back, Strikers. All right. So we've been uh, talking about the past and uh, where you, how you got to where you're at. So what are some of the things that you learn in Financial Peace University that uh, you use and that
2: you've seen work for you? And what are those steps? First and foremost is a budget. That's the the key to this entire thing is learning how to create a budget and learning how to stick to a budget. A lot of people hear budget and it's like a four-letter word. Right? I know that was with me. Like, oh, man, I got to make a budget. No, I can't spend. I can't do all these things. But it's actually the complete opposite. A budget gives you permission to spend. It gives you guardrails to spend on what you want to spend on without wrecking everything, you know, without going over. It just it provides you a lane to run in. And um, you know, once, once you kind of figure that out, then accepting a budget is is not such a big deal. That's the key, is just learning how to build a budget. And it takes about a month and a half, it takes about two and a half months in order to really dial in a budget when you're first starting. So if you, you're you starting out with a budget, stick with it, just kind of try and stay. I remember when we made our first budget, we had like $150 for groceries and we were way under, <laughs> like, we were like, oh my gosh, this is so off. It was so bad.
0: Who, um, uh in in your household, you said your wife was the saver and you were the spender. Who's in control of the budget or who helps
2: set that budget up? Where was that main focus? So the, the way the way, we, the way we work it is I create the budget, and then we have a budget committee meeting every month, um, and we talk about the budget. Erin does not like creating the budget. She's a saver. She, she, she's very good with her money. Um, I'm the opposite. I need a budget in order to stay in my lane. And um, so I like having that control. So when we first started down this road, we have the EveryDollar app. And it's, it allows us to keep our budgets on our phones. We both log in with the same login, so it's updated. We both see everything. We have 100% visibility and transparency. And it's super simple to just add something to the budget, assign it to that line item, and you're good and it keeps track of everything. It connects to your bank account also. So it's it's a it's the best budget app that I've used. Um, and I found because I'm the spender, I needed like my own accountability. Like I wanted, I needed to build that behavior and that muscle of of discipline, of making sure that I track everything and I follow the process. So I wanted to create the budget um, and I had like a whole spreadsheet and everything and I was doing, it was easier for me to do it. And then we meet and go over the budget, make sure we're on the same page and everything lines up and we all have the same understanding of you kind know, of where, where our money is going and what we're telling our money to do. And then... Um, I like that, telling your money what to do. That's, that's really of, what it, it is. Yeah. Instead yeah. of looking at looking your bank account and finding out where your money has gone now your budget is telling your money what to do. So at the beginning of the month, you allocate every single dollar that comes in. That's what they call it every dollar. Um, it's every dollar budget. A zero base budget is what it's called. And what you're basically doing is the money that's coming in before the month starts, you're allocating it to everything. You're assigning it a, a, a line item. So that way at the end of this exercise, your balance is zero. Every dollar that comes in, has an assignment and it goes out some in some way. So not to say your bank account is zero, right? Because you want to keep a cushion in your bank account um, just in case you 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 know you didn't you didn't uh, you forgot about the yearly membership to Disney Plus or whatever it is. You know something comes in. You want to make sure you have a little cushion in your bank account to cover the, something unexpected. But your budget should be zero at the end is every dollar that comes in should have an assignment. You should be telling it what to do. And then as the month goes on, when transactions come in and you're spending money, you're, you're updating the app. Um, app is super easy to use. I update it, every like I go put gas, I get in my car, grab the app, put it in there, and then drive off. So I don't forget. That's something I had to learn to do myself. Um, but we meet every, every week, Aaron and I, still, We meet every week to go over our calendar and to go over the budget and say, okay, where are we at with the stuff? You know, um, how do our grocery budget look like? What are we spending this week? What are we, what are we, and it's just, it's a, it's a behavior you have to learn. And like I said, after like two and a half months, you kind of get the hang of it Mm -hmm. and your budget starts to be a lot more accurate because you kind of see what you're spending. That first exercise though, I could tell you it's, it's eye-opening, and it's almost like you give yourself a raise because you see all of the things that you're spending on, all the things that you don't need to be spending, and then you start cutting those things out in your budget. And then you have all of this extra money that you can start now applying to, towards your debt and starting this snowball, which is step two. Okay.
1: So The thing that... So I was going to add, like, what has work because shannon and i we don't wait quick question do you and aaron have a joint account or do you have each have your own bank accounts we have joint accounts so we we had separate bank
2: accounts but then we repurposed them and we're like so we we brought them together so we both have access but we use one we have two checking accounts we use one for bills and we use one for spending so when we get our money in on like our paycheck comes in we we take all of the stuff that we need to pay, regular bills, cable, you know, electric bill, all that kind of stuff goes into the bills account, and all of that is set up with automatic, um, automatic payments. So we don't have to worry about it. Is that is that something that's recommended by
0: Dave Ramsey or you know the financial piece about the automatic? I don't know. I'm just curious because I feel like it kind of goes along with trying not to use credit cards and using cash instead of credit mm-hmm. because they yeah. say that once you have that cash and you're actually giving it to them. It's not as easy. It right. makes it more difficult to go, wow, I don't want to spend that. But when it's a credit card and you're not seeing that money. Yep. It, so when, I was just wondering, um, and it's obviously worked for you mm-hmm. about the auto, auto spend. I think we do a lot of that as well. But you I was know. just wondering I how that correlates hate, with the cash as well.
1: I hate, I hate the auto drafts. I want to, because I want to know what's coming out. I don't want yeah. to just see it disappear. I want to go, I'm going to pay this bill. Now I know it's taken care of. I'm going to pay this bill. Now I know it's taken care of. Yeah. That's the way. I, I mean, the only thing that's on order off is like the car insurance. It's just whatever, mm-hmm. but like everything else is like I want to see it. I want to know what's going towards, and now I'm good.
2: Budget. Yeah, and it's really the the great thing about the the zero based budget and the the what what financial piece teaches is this is a framework, but you make your budget how it works for you and your lifestyle. Gotcha. So, like Alan, like you said. That works for you. Yeah. You want to see that, then that's that's what you should do. Same thing with me. When I got when I put gas, I don't drive off until I put it in the budget because I have to. That's my sure. that's, that's, that's my that's my guardrail, you know. Um, but some other people, I know the people who introduced us and who taught financial peace to us, they don't update their their budget but once every week, and they have like. They sit down for like a half hour and they update their budget all at once. Um, but me personally, I have to do it every day. That's just because I have to hold myself accountable because I'm the spender.
1: So, I was going to say, what I wanted to say after that was um, I, I'm i also the spender in our family. Um, I think, and Shannon has a little bit of both. I, I believe she has a little bit of like, I'm going to save, and then she also has, we found it, she has a. Anyway, there's a letter that came in the other day from the bank. <laughs> and Careful, I, well, she can on. hear this. No, no, yeah, no, she's going hear this. <laughs> and I was like, There's a letter that came in the other day, and I was like, hey, what's this? And it was like, you know, whatever the name of the bank was. And she's like, Oh, it's trash, throw it away. They're trying to get me to sign up for a credit card. So I was like, I, I decided to open it. I opened it and I was like, Babe, there's twelve hundred dollars in this account. She's like, What? Are you she thought I was joking and I was like, No, no, see, so I showed her it, it's like it's a statement for twelve hundred bucks. She's like, I had no idea I had this. I was like, What are you gonna throw money away? No, I was I was making fun of her <laughs> at that point, but it was It was a joke that we had and it was funny. But uh, what I was going to say is what I did to because I'm because I'm the spender, what I ended up doing before I met Shannon, there was a bank that I used called Semple. They're not uh, no longer out there anymore. but it was a bank called Semple and what it did was you had one account and then you had different envelopes, buckets, whatever that you can allocate. this is for bills, this is for going out and entertainment, this is for you know whatever emergency fund and then you would dictate you would tell your money hey when a direct deposit hits i want x amount of dollars to go into this pocket i want x amount of dollars to go into this one and x amount to go in this one and so when you spend you could tell the you could assign your card to these different envelopes so that you can spend out of a specific one mm-hmm. for gas you could spend out of a different one for hey i'm going to go to a restaurant with the, with the buddies we're going to have a couple of drinks and it, was, it made it easy for me to save money that way before I met Shannon. And so um, what we've done now, we use, since Simple is no longer around, we use a bank called One Finance. And it, same concept, uh, but each of the pockets that you have has a different bank account. Mm-hmm. And again, you can assign the, your bank card to the different bank accounts or the different pockets that you allocate money to. That's what's helped me save money, and that's been working fantastically. I, um Shannon hasn't been able to set this up on her side yet because marriage, the whole name change thing, social security card. So we got all that squared away. So now she's going to go and apply or whatever, set up the bank account and then she'll get her. So basically we'll we'll have two different, we'll have our own separate bank accounts, but yet I can share access to all these other pockets. So like, and she can also assign her card to the bills pocket. So when she goes, out and get gas or, you know, Hey, I need to go buy groceries. She can spend it out of our joint bills pocket as opposed to, you know, spending it out of her account and then we got to, like, move money back and forth. Mm -hmm. And then that way, like you said, she also has full access. She can see everything that I spend money on. I can see everything she spends money on. And then if she has, like, you know, again, I so I have a car fund pocket where I put, you know, whatever. Has she
0: asked you if you really needed that flux capacitor?
1: (laughs) We've had discussions. We've had tough discussions over... You know, my, my car fund, because I was like, well, I want to, you know, do this. And then she's like, well, the kids need this. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. So, and again, it's, it's more humbling myself and going, mm-hmm. okay, well, I can cut back on this so that we can, you know, save for this other thing. And then when we save for this other thing, then we'll meet again and we'll adjust everything however it needs to go. But that's what's helped us save money. That's what's helped us, um, you know, we I just paid off a credit card the other day. Um, but yeah, so that's, that, that's what's helped us anyway.
2: Yes. And that's great. I love that because that's that's very similar to one of the principles that are taught in Financial Peace and the, with the envelope system. Mm-hmm. And what they teach is because a lot of the people who come into Financial Peace, um, they're they they've learned bad habits, right? And they've had they've hit this point of I've had enough. I need to change, and they need something. They need guardrails. Yeah, they need to to have a a very different systems so they teach the envelope system which is strictly cash 100 cash so there's envelopes for spending an envelope for groceries an envelope for bills an envelope for you know, spending an envelope for the car fund whatever yeah. it may be um and there they teach to take the money out of the bank put it in the envelopes when you've spent it you're done like you don't have any more, any more money left in that envelope you can't use it mm-hmm. And there's a, um, similar to what you were saying earlier, there's a physical, a, a physiological uh, change that happens when you spend cash. When you use cash and you're giving somebody, at a cashier, you're giving them money and it's getting taken from you physically and then in exchange you get something else. Mm-hmm. There's a different mental or psychological Impact than if you you swipe your card, you get to keep your card, and then you get that thing that you you're buying.
0: Man, right? I feel like on that aspect right there, I am not helping my kids with that because, uh, dude, I don't carry cash around. It's it's a card, mm-hmm. and I, I yeah. That's, and then you know, hey dad, can I go get something to eat? You know, because right now I don't feel like fixing anything. So it's you know, give them a card and yeah, I think that's creating a bad habit with our kids is like, okay, I got a card here. I don't, you know, I get the card back and I get the food back. So, yeah. and that's, I think that's a huge key for parents that are, have the younger kids to make sure that you're doing, you know, it's it's a cash transaction so that you can see that. And I think that with a little bit of background for me, I had that cash growing up and I just transferred over to the card, but, uh, you know, getting that allowance and,
2: it's hard to let go of that money, man, because mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, hey. a lot of times too. When I when I first when I first started, um, and I still do this. Like if I'm going on vacation or something, and I have saved up money that this is my spend money, I'll make sure that the like when I get it from the bank, I won't go to the ATM. I'll go inside and say mm. say it's two hundred dollars. I'll say give me two one hundred dollar bills, because I don't want to break a one hundred. dollars oh, No, when they broke, they go oh, yeah. yeah. like <laughs> I'd want to keep it in my wallet, and I just you know just breaking that. It gives me an emotional response. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. No, I know. No, it. it's, it's, I it's know true that because sandwich. now it's like,
1: well, I'm going to carry a like change around. And, but it's like, if I have two $100 bills, like, do I really need this mm-hmm. or do I not need it? And it's like, okay, well, I don't really need this.
2: And it's those, it's, it's injecting those pieces of friction into that process, into that, hmm. into that, what society and what commerce is trying to make a frictionless experience. Like they want... They want to eliminate as many decision points as possible between you and buying their product, and a lot of a lot of restaurants now and a lot of like um, uh, like bars are they're getting rid of cash altogether. Mm-hmm. They're using only only cards, only debit or credit cards, because studies have shown that people spend more when they use a card than they do with cash.
1: My old employer did that too. They they well, I think it was in. I think it was twofold. In response to COVID, and then to what you're saying, um, was contactless pay. Now you you can pay through the app, and you don't even have to like carry cash with you. They won't accept cash anymore. And I think you have you have a very good point now that you actually think about it. I mean, if you think about it, like Amazon, they just come to your door and drop stuff off. Yeah, you order everything. You don't even have to they, pull your card you out. You don't even have to pull the card out. So it's there's you to, late. Do you want to save your card? Yeah, you i might use this later sure why not mm-hmm. everything wow. asks every website you go and buy something off do you want to save this payment option for later yeah mm-hmm. sure why not i'll probably come back and then you go in there and this is like oh we have your saved payment do you want to like oh, okay hmm. so one, on there one maybe one not, not uh not say Yeah, one click checkout yeah uh, just they are amazon has, like everything is a subscription do you want this to show up on your door automatically how often every two weeks got it
0: not only do I not get the card back, I don't even have to pull it out, and I to get the out. stuff. Yeah. And yeah. you get stuff
1: that just it I just, just shows this. up.
2: Have wow. you seen? Um, there's the Amazon stores. Yeah, where yeah. you just walk in, grab something. Oh yeah, and walk I've out. read
1: about those. Uh-huh.
2: What? And it, it recognizes like you like in, uh, from uh, California? No, no, no New York. There's there's one in New York. There's also an Amazon store in.
1: It's, Dallas, like a, it's a grocery Dallas, store in Dude, Dallas Love. Really?
2: Yeah, in Dallas Love, they have a little kiosk. Well, you walk in, you grab your stuff, and you walk out the other side. Is it
0: reading your phone? It reads your phone. Boy, we are getting so close to, I don't know, implants. <laughs> implants. Uh, yeah, I've I hate read to make people everything super done, spiritual, but, I, you
1: know, the mark of the beast. Is I've like, read uh, that people have already done that with, like, their Teslas and stuff like that. They'll get the little NFC chips implanted so they can just walk up to their car and... It's weird. <sighs> mm-hmm. so, it's
0: weird. We're coming up on that time that we're almost done, but... Man, there's so many more questions have, <laughs> right?
2: Can you go over all the steps for a yes. financial piece? Yeah, I'll go over them uh, pretty quickly. So, first step, baby step one, emergency fund. You need to have a starter emergency fund of $1,000 that can... That, that is meant to just keep you from derailing. Something comes up during your journey of becoming debt-free, um, that that will help keep you on course. Baby step two, oh, well, I'm sorry. Before baby step one, you need to create a budget. That's, that's the backbone of the whole thing. So learn to create a budget and start sticking to that budget. Baby step one, create uh, your emergency fund of $1,000. Baby step two, the debt snowball. So real, real quickly, the thought process of the theory there is you take and you line up all of your debt. From highest to lowest, regardless of interest rate. And you take all of, you make minimum payments on all of your debts, except that last one. You throw as much money on that smallest debt as you can. And you eliminate that debt. Then you take that payment that you were paying on that debt, and all of that money you were throwing, throw it on the next one. And pay that Mm. one off. Then you take the payment from number one, and the payment from number two, and all the money you were throwing on top of that,
1: and put it on number three. Because you're already spending that money, so it's not a big hit anymore. It's exactly. Not like a ooh.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And it after you start to gain momentum towards the end. I mean, you're you're paying a thousand dollars off. You're paying a thousand dollars a month on a on one one debt. I've actually seen that work. We, yeah, I was going to say that's amazing that.
1: because when you see it like that, when you think about it, somebody goes, "There's no way I'm going to make a thousand dollar payment on a the car. There's no way, and. That just shows that like, you can do it. Yeah, it can be done. Sorry, Scott. I yeah, didn't... no, uh, we
0: we we've, we've had, we're not following the the financial piece all the way through, but I know that we've paid paid off a couple of bills in that fashion, and it is amazing how quickly it starts to gather that snowball effect, and the next card payment it's a lot easier to pay off because it, it yeah we've seen it
2: work. I can test, testify mm-hmm. to that. So, and a lot of people will argue. Well, well, shouldn't you be paying the things off that have the highest interest rate? And the problem is, this the, you're in this you're in this situation not because of math. You're in this. It's a it's an emotional issue. You need to you need wins. You need to be able to pay off that first one and say, hey, you know what? I'm making some headway. I'm I'm actually doing this. And if you're paying your debt off quickly, your interest rate is not going to matter. You know, a 12% interest rate versus a 24% interest rate over one year, it's not gonna really move the needle. Hmm. But you're gonna be stuck if you if your biggest balance is on a 24% interest rate and you're trying to attack that, it's gonna take you forever and you're just gonna run out of steam. But if you build up this snowball and you're 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 making an impact, you're paying this one off. You're paying this one off, you're paying the next one off, you're building this momentum, you're emotionally invested and you're in it, and you can see that there's hope and you start to you start to pay things off. So that's baby step number two. Baby step number three is your fully funded emergency fund. And that's six to nine months or three to six months of expenses in a fully funded emergency fund. That's in case something happens, you're you're covered, if you lose your job, you you have an emergency fund in place to to Keep you going, and, and that's like everybody should have that. So, we got
0: budget is the mm-hmm. number one thing. Baby step one number one is thousand dollar uh cushion emergency, emergency fund, fund. Mm-hmm. number two is snowball your expenses, and then expense or uh, baby step four is to get your emergency. Oh, did I miss something? Three. Yep, baby step three. Oh, baby step three is your emergency fund to get bigger, right? Yep, three,
2: three to six months, three to six months is what you need for an emergency fund. Anything. Over that, it's not it's not really necessary. I mean, depending on your situation, I know some people have saved nine months, uh, maybe a year, just based on their occupation. Say they're super high risk occupation, um, a police officer, someone who's they they would want more in their in their emergency fund just because they're more at risk of being out of work for a long.
0: So when you're snowballing, do you take when you know we discussed how you take that money and move it to your next card? Do you take part of that and start feeding your, the bigger emergency fund? Or is the emergency fund, the, the $1,000, is there a certain amount? Once you get to that part, part, you continue to pay into
2: that fund, and what percentage would that be? Does that question yep. that make sense? It makes sense. So the $1,000 emergency fund is meant to – that $1,000 is, um, is very important, like the amount, $1,000, because that is meant to give you just enough money – to cover any any anything that Murphy throws at you, right? Washer goes out. Car needs repair. You know, that $1,000 should cover it. But it's not enough to right. give you comfort and, and make, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and handle a big storm. So you need to get out of debt fast. So your goal should be throw, do everything you can to get, to eliminate your debt so that you can build up that emergency fund. When we were going through this, um, I mean, we were selling everything. We were, if it wasn't bolted to the wall, we were selling it. <laughs> and I, I, was, I was driving Uber. I was delivering pizzas. Um, I was working three, four jobs. Aaron got another job, uh, like a part-time job. We were just doing everything we could to get out of debt as fast as we, as we could. Because we knew that that $1,000 wasn't, wasn't gonna save us. yeah. So something big.
0: You get rid of all your your snowballing, get that done, then you build up your yes. the bigger. Okay, yeah.
2: and then so they call it gazelle intensity. Um, that's what they call it in the class. <laughs> I Love it. Um, and it's essentially um, the the Bible verse itself is um, Proverbs Proverbs six four through five. Give your eyes no sleep yet, and your eyelids no slumber. Save yourself like a gazelle from the hand. Of the hunter, like a bird from the hand of the fowler, and <clears throat> essentially, when a the the main predator of a gazelle is a cheetah, mm-hmm. fastest animal in the in the world, and a gazelle has to outrun the fastest animal in the world. So, when a gazelle sees a cheetah, they're running, they're they're off, and that's gazelle intensity, like they're running with because they're running for their life, and yeah. that's how you have to approach debt, like. It's going to hold you back mm-hmm. and debt is your cheetah. You need to run from it as fast with the gazelle intensity as you can get out of it and don't stop there. You need that three to six month emergency fund. So keep your gazelle intensity through that emergency fund. Once you get there, then you can take the the foot off the gas a little bit. And then after that emergency fund, then... Four, five, and six are all together. Those are baby steps four, five, and six. And that is saving for retirement. 15% of your income should be going towards retirement. And then um, five is saving for college, for kids' college funds. And six is uh, paying off the house. So if you have a mortgage, paying off the house. There's also a step three B, which... um, is, it's not taught in, bay, in financial peace, but it's taught with the Dave Ramsey solutions. It's um, if you, you want to purchase a home. So after you get that three to six months, you can keep up the gazelle intensity to build yourself up a down payment to purchase a home. Um, that's 3B. That's but four, five, and six are done at the same time in that order of importance. Gotcha. So the first is saving for retirement. Second is for school, for your kids, and... The third is um, paying off the house as quick as possible. Right on. So there's the steps. Uh, I got one last question
0: I had was, are your kids involved in the monthly budgeting or weekly budgeting? Do they get to see what y'all are doing to kind of lead that as an example? Or is that something, is that a stress that kids should not see? I'm a firm believer
2: that they need, they need to be shown by example and they need awareness because the world is going to be teaching them one thing. Society yeah. says you need a card, you need you need a car payment. You there's no way you can live without a car payment. That's just what we do. Everybody has a car. Everybody payment. has a car payment. So they're going to be getting fed all of the, this information, and they need to learn that this this is normal, but we don't want to be normal. We want to live this way, and we want to be. We want to be weird.
1: So <laughs> yeah.
2: um, we want
1: to live life like nobody else yeah. so that we can live life like. nobody. Funny how else. Exactly. everybody wants to be an
0: individual, but then they follow the sheep exactly. instead of stepping out and being <laughs> yeah. being different than everybody. Yeah. And
2: we, we went back and forth with this, too, when we were starting our journey towards becoming debt free. And we made the decision. You know what? We're just we're going to bring them along. We're going to sh- we're going to show them. We're going to let them know what's going on because our lifestyle is going to change. We're not going to be able to go to restaurants. Like Dave Ramsey says, he doesn't want to see me in a restaurant unless I'm taking orders. (laughs) And, um, you know, we're not going to be able to go out. We're not going to be able to do the things we were doing because we're starting this journey. We're getting out of debt. And we're doing what we need to do now so we can do this stuff later. And
1: Ricardo Gloria does the same thing. When we did Father's Knows Knows Best, he said they include their kids in all their finances. Hey, we're cutting out cable, and here's the reason why. And he's like, they're they're in on those meetings to understand too. Yeah.
2: And I think that's one of the reasons why Roman was in that financial peace class is because he saw us go 14. through it. He saw hey, us go through it. He was 12 when he went through it.
1: Yeah. So how, how I mean, my question, my last question is how young is too young, to, well, is there too young to start this? Um,
2: no. Too young to start the, the, the principles of managing your money and the envelope system and the budgeting is, is never too young. Um, we're, you know, kids when they have birthdays at six, seven years old, they, they get money and we try and teach our kids, you know, even our youngest, they get money coming in. Grandparents don't always agree with it because they're not, you know, they're not in alignment with us, but
1: they have different rules. They have different rules.
2: Um, but we teach tithing. We teach, you know, putting, they have envelopes in a drawer at home that when they get money, they separate it. They say, okay. This ten percent goes towards giving. This ten percent goes towards tithing. This this percent goes towards savings, and I can spend this much. Yeah, my parents say spend this all on whatever you want. We're like,
0: (laughs) we know. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll split it up. Sure, mom. Sure. sure, I think uh, Pastor Pastor Sheila has the bank of me, which is kind of on that same principle. But I think that yeah, for you when you're young kids, especially Isaiah right now, you know, talking to him is like, hey, there's three jars. You know, this is going to be going to tithing. This is going to be going. to You can spend whatever you want, and then this is going to be saving. You can't touch this. And I think those. Yeah, I don't think. I, I, seeing the budget, I don't think they'd really grasp what we're right now. To, he but just
1: he likes coins. He likes to play with the coins. So I, mm-hmm. I, I honestly think right now he might be a little too young, but maybe next year or the year after, he, Does could he definitely start. He's yeah. how old? Three.
0: Three? Oh yeah. That, yeah. At five, I think is when I started getting my. Yeah,
1: home, I would say so. probably yeah. five is when we'll start with him.
2: And then what I recommend to you, what I found, um, actually, kind of really sticking with the younger one, is we save for like big stuff, right? We, we we put stuff away from whenever he gets money. This chunk goes towards like buying a house or something mm-hmm. big, long term. This is your long term goal. Now, what else do you want to save for? You want that video game? Let's start a little fund and let's start an envelope for that video game. So he starts saving money, and then when he buys that video game, we take him to Walmart, and he takes his cash and he gives it to the register, and he buys it, and he has this sense of accomplishment that yeah. hey, I saved for this, and I was able to buy it, and it it validates and it reaffirms the concept of saving for things and purchasing things for cash. I almost
0: think that that's three years old is not is not old, is not it's young the bank enough. Bank that I use. Sorry. Oh yeah. I don't think, for three years old, I think that that, you know, hey, this is, what do you want to get? Well, okay, well, let's save for that. And I don't yeah. think that's too young. I think that that's a good thing. But the little more advanced, I think you start theirs. Yeah. Yep. Save for an ice cream cone? Well, then, hey, let's, you got some money, let's put some in there. I don't know. Again, yeah. it's, it's always trippy to me how, how quick that hour goes. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, so, uh, next week we got uh, Brandon Gazeway talking about physical health. Um, I'm looking forward to that because we will be sponsoring um, his coffee company, Uncensored. Oh, okay. He's going to be bringing a little bit of coffee. So, oh. nice. I was hoping that, you know, we get these gifts from our guests that come on. I was hoping mm-hmm. for some money today. Oh.
2: <laughs> some money. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get any cash. So I'm sorry. Gotcha, well, winning gotcha. lotto numbers will work too. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah.
0: Um, and then, uh, yeah. So, you have any any final... What are we doing next week? I, yeah, I mentioned to
2: Brandon. Uh,
0: no, that's, that's all I had. And then we've mentioned how to get a hold of people. And then so, yep. all right. Yeah. So Jose, uh, one of the things, a tradition we have is our guest uh, praying us out. If you
2: could do, do oh, us. A yeah. F- be I'd be, I'd be honored. Lord, we come together, Lord. We, we praise you because you are an amazing God. You have blessed your children and, and we, we understand that you walk with us, Lord. And we just, we pray that you stay that that we stay in your presence and that when we when we step out of your presence lord that that we know that you are a loving graceful merciful god who loves his children so much that you will never forsake your children that that when we don't feel your presence lord that you put people in our path to help us feel your presence and bring bring us back lord we just we pray that you give us you give us strength you give us discipline and you help us with our decisions every single day, Lord, that we, we know that if we submit to you, that that you will make a path and that you will help guide and, and give us wisdom, Lord. We, we thank you for the Mighty Anvil podcast, for what these men are doing, Lord. I thank you and I, I, I show gratitude for everything that these men teach and, and, and the message that they give. And Lord we just ask that you continue to to lay a hand on your people Lord you you continue to provide provision for those who need it Lord that you continue to provide healing for those who are sick and you continue to provide hope over over all Lord right now we know that in this time hope is what people need and what can make a difference in in people's lives, Lord. And we just ask that you continue to give hope. And we praise you because you are an amazing God. And we know that you are going to do great, great things with your people. In the mighty name of your son, our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Well, Strikers, till next week.